Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly. Thank you for being here. We are talking today to Corey Harlan, who is the Central Oregon Land Watch's Cities and Towns Program Director and the City of Bend's Core Area Advisory Board Chair. A lifelong Oregonian, she is a collaborative strategic leader and change maker committed to and passionate about helping create complete communities, places that are incredible places to live, work, and play at all stages of life throughout Bend and Central Oregon. She has over 18 years of experience in urban and rural community engagement, partnership building, public policy and planning, sustainable development, and communications. She also loves to hike, run, read, and hang out with her husband and twin daughters. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Here we are at the end of the year, and uh, I saw your name come across and that you were the city and town's program director for Landwatch. So it piqued my interest because obviously I've been a... A uh, fan of land watches for many years, and land watch always had a uh, somewhat of a guiding policy not to be involved in in the city outside the UGB and protecting wild and 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 creative places. But uh, so I know this isn't a totally new position for you, but I thought it would be good to just chat about why an organization like Land Watch wants to get involved in the urban core. Yeah, well, great question. And I'm so excited to join you. This is actually my uh, first podcast ever. So thanks for reaching out. um, Because I do think I I love Landwatch, right? I love Central Oregon Landwatch. And I think having a chance to share with folks the history of this organization, and then what we're currently up to, I think is really going to excite a lot of people. Um, make people feel hopeful, um, make, make people feel okay, maybe, um, you know, with some of the, the craziness of the world around us sometimes. So, so yeah, so Landwatch, so Landwatch, just a little backstory. So this is an organization we've, you know, they've been around in this community over 35 years. And so what I think a lot of folks may not realize is just how formative Landwatch has been to this place we all know and love and call home. And yeah. so when you look at places like the Metolius and you look at places like the Ochacos, um, these really just incredible parts of our fabric here, um, you know, Landwatch has, a, has played a really key role in preserving those places for current yeah. and future generations. And so, so we've been around for a while. We've been, I think, having a big impact on Central Oregon's livability in a positive way for many decades. Yeah. Um, and I think... Our mission is an important one. It's to help protect and defend Central Oregon's um, livable future. And so when we look at wild places, intact places, places that we love to recreate, places that we love to you know, know that wildlife is thriving, places we like to go with our kids and our dogs, knowing that those places are intact and thriving, so much of that is tied directly to what we're doing in our city. And so as we develop, um, because I think we know 
And we've seen this. Bend is one of the fastest growing places in the country, um, or one of the, we are the fastest growing place in the state. And so something that we hear a lot in the community and we know is top of mind is how do we grow well? How do we grow with intention? And so the Cities and Towns program, the program that I have the honor of leading, that's really what we're here to do. We're really here to help find ways to grow with intention. And at the very center of that is complete communities. And so back to your original question of, you know, why why does Landwatch yeah. kind of play in this kind of urban space? <clears throat> um, it's because there's this really incredible deep connection between doing things really well, smart, sustainable development within our city that keeps us from sprawling out into those places around us that we really love and care about um, and that also grow our food yeah. and provide products um, for the lives we all we all live. So, Corey, how long have you been in your position? So I, um, so I've been at Landwatch a little over two years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And prior to you, did the position exist? It did. It had a different title mm-hmm. and folks may remember Moe Newbold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she, um, amazing, fantastic yeah. community, um, advocate and, um, just person and human. Um, but yeah, she had the position previous to me. Um, yeah. And I had a different title. And so that's something as mm-hmm. what, you know, happens with organizations when folks move on and, and strike out on their path, you know, there's some retooling of positions and titles and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like you were just saying, I mean, I think most people and it, it has changed. It's been, you've been in there at least two years, but, mm-hmm. uh, they do think of land watch and connection to the Metolius and, mm-hmm. and the Ochicos and, um, And when I think of them, I think about uh, defending land use, you know, being Mm -hmm. being a advocate for adhering to the letter of the law when uh, county commissioners or others might choose to play a little loose with with what those interpretations might be. And um, so, again, like as you move into the city space. What what does that mean for someone like you as the organization morphs into? I and we'll talk about the BCD and and some of the stuff that you're doing now. But but I I think as you try to get your head around what what the as Ben grows, Landwatch is certainly growing and morphing, and that's what this feels like. Is mm. like you know the space is bigger, we are growing. There's more challenges here, and um, I mean it's got to be kind of exciting for you. It is really exciting. And I think, um, you know, again, just sort of, I think taking just a step back and talking about land use for a second, right? I mean, so, so land use is, you know, can be a bit of like an esoteric, um, wonky kind of thing. But I think, you know, what I would love for listeners to, to know and take away from this conversation is, you know, the way that I like to think about land use is that it's kind of this silent, unseen, almost like operating system that's running in the background that is giving shape and form to all of the parts of our lives. So where we work, where we live, where we play, um, it's really formative of those things. Mm -hmm. And so Oregon has a really unique land use system. um, And it's the reason why you come to Oregon after being in other places and it feels and looks different, right? So it feels different than California. It feels different than the Treasure Valley in Idaho. It feels different than Texas. And, And a big part of that has to do with our land use system. And so part of what it's set up to do is to really direct growth to the places that are already developed. So our cities, um, really looking at places within what's called our urban growth boundaries and every city in Oregon has one really trying to make sure like, let's develop well, let's make good use of the land and the resources we have within our city and, and make sure that we're, we're focusing on that. And then 
there's other elements, other goals of our land use system that are really about keeping wild places, rural places, rural lands, working farms, working forests, keeping those intact. And so I think for Landwatch, what that means for us is that we have essentially, there's three different key areas where we focus as an organization. And so one of them is wildlands and waters. And I think to your point, maybe folks have more familiarity with our work there. Um, And that's really about our state and federal lands, right? And really making sure that they're managed well, that they're stewarded well, that they're cared for well. Um, And then water, right? We're in a drought. It's climate change is real. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how do we do a better job of both conserving and distributing the water in our region um, more efficiently, more effectively? And so that's kind of one bucket of work. Um, and so whenever you're ready for another podcast guest, my coworker, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Austin, would be a great one to invite in. So that's one bucket of work. And then our next bucket of work is rural lands. And so this is really those places that are right outside of our city. So the, um, right outside of the urban growth boundary. And it, these are places that are, like I said, forests, farms, you know, open space, wildlife habitat. And that's where we places t- waiting to be transformed into des- destination resorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. So, so much of our work is at the county level in that rural lands program mm-hmm. to to really to to you know to battle back luxury development, to battle back development of these places where there is more appropriate places for that type of development mm-hmm. elsewhere within our city. Um, and then in some places it's not appropriate at all. And so for the rural lands, that's kind of like another another bucket, yeah. right? And so then our third bucket is cities and towns, what we're talking about. And so, you know, when you invited me in for this conversation, there's so much great work that we're accomplishing in cities and towns. And like I said, it's it's all predicated on complete communities. And so I thought I'd just take a minute to sort of describe you know, the elements of, yeah. of those, right? And so complete communities, these are places that have housing options for all. Um, they have nature nearby and in our neighborhood. Um, they're mixed use, so kind of the services and things you need, the essentials of life closer to where you live. And then there's lots of different ways to get around, lots of options. And so that means you could drive a car, but you could also walk, bike, or roll safely and conveniently. And so those are kind of like the core ingredients that we really want to mix together to really create these complete communities throughout our city. And so, you know, for my program, we really try and key in on city level and state level processes, policies, decisions, funding that really are helping bring all of those elements into reality, like taking those from an idea and actually making them, building them, making them real. Maybe talk about your work on the Bend uh, Core Area Advisory as the board chair. I mean, that's where these would intersect. Am I right? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the story, you know, I'm always interested in like the story of stuff. And so the story of the Bend Central District and the core area is a really fascinating one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes I I observe in our community, there is a lot of angst and worry um, around the changes that are happening, right? The development that is happening both on the edge and then within our city. And so I think that it's... Do you feel that in the BCD? Is there a lot of angst there? I don't know if it's so much angst there. Excuse me. I think it's just um, more general about just we're a fast growing place, right? And I think that it kind of, it's more about that. Um, Because I feel like when it comes to the BCD, people are just like, how fast can we get this done? <laughs> oh yeah. Like why, <laughs> why, how do we, it's a yes. great place where people are like, how can government be more efficient? What, how do we make it go faster? Whereas usually we're, we're not stepping. I, I don't think a lot of progressives are stepping on the 
gas for that kind of development. So it's interesting to see. Well, yeah. And I think too, you know, so part of, so 2016, so like when I talk to folks and have conversations in the community, I think it's really interesting to, to sort of trace it back and say places like the BCD places where we're seeing this kind of growth, while it may feel abrupt to folks who are seeing it and seeing things mm-hmm. come out of the ground, the roots for those things are all the way back in 2016, right? When we did a UGB expansion process and our whole community, it was this huge engagement process saying, these are the places where we want to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want complete communities here. Those are the, you know, here's the expansion areas that are coming in. We want to do complete communities there. But then we also have what are called opportunity areas within our city where we really want to do more infill. We really want to do, you know, more dense development. We want those right. kinds of things, right? And so the Ben Central District was kind of like... Yeah, a dream come it, true. It, well, yeah, it, and it was kind <laughs> of like the one that needed like the most TLC, right. I would say, sure. right? Like that, it, yeah. has, it has a ways to go, but the potential is it's there, you know? Yeah. And folks, once they see and, and get that vision for this really amazing complete community there is something that our you know we just see a ton of excitement around and um and so back to your question about like my role on the core area advisory board so part of the story of the bcd moe my predecessor really worked hard within the community Mm -hmm. to create a vision for what the bend central district could become right and this is kind of our central downtown it's 97 up to like you know fourth right it's it's kind of that part on the other side the east side of the um the railroad and um 97, just so folks can kind of get a sense of what we're chatting about, but um, just built a really amazing vision for that place. Right. And then it's one thing to have a vision and then it's another thing to actually build the damn thing, you know. And so um, so that led to a process with the city. The city really responded to that community feedback. They did, you know, did a study. They looked at this. They created um, an urban renewal area. So it's called the core area urban renewal area and the BCD is a key part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but by doing that, essentially what that did is it created a funding mechanism. It's called TIF, tax increment financing. And so by setting that up, it essentially is allowing the city to take that vision and start turning it into reality with investments in the district. And so some good examples of that that are happening and that people will see occurring this year are changes mm-hmm. to Franklin. So there'll be improvements to that corridor for walking and biking. And are they going to, is the bridge improvement going to happen? Um, the, the Hawthorne? Yeah. Yeah. So the Hawthorne overcrossing, um, the bike ped bridge that, um, you know, just was, uh, because it's the vision, right? It's the, it's vision. the dream. When, when yes. you show, uh, plan for that the first thing people point to is the bridge and like is that actually going to happen you know it's actually going to happen and donna's in here because nashville (laughs) has this incredible bridge and uh it's not going to be that big but but we're all excited about it i know well and it's it's so emblematic and it's of of where and what we want to be as as we grow up you know Mm -hmm. and so i think you know it's just been amazing and the hawthorne bridge is a great example of what happens when community like comes together like that. And so yeah. Landwatch, I'm really, really tremendously proud of this work. Like we partnered with Ben Chamber, we partnered with the city and we said, okay, well we passed the bond. We passed that go bond, right? Yeah. Voters passed that go bond for all these transportation projects in 2020. We're going to see fantastic changes on existing corridors. And we also really need to step up our game on our bike ped facilities, right? Like yeah. something that's a truly separated, like amazing thing that's really going to get more people biking and using it and we've got a gap right like there's just not enough resources to do all of those things at the level that we want to do them at and so to to how can we actually make this real and so by teaming up and sort of like you know we work together but you know unusual cast of characters maybe at times and so we were able to go um to both the state and the feds 
and get additional money and leverage yeah. additional money, local match, right? And bring that money to our community to close the gap and it make was, that bridge. It was like, a lot of money. Do, it was a lot of money. It's 25 million, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I, so I'm really proud of that because that is going to mean that we see that bridge built and we see it built sooner yeah. and better. So well, it's, I, it's, I it's pretty say, awesome. Prior, prior to getting that grant, I, I, I was, I was skeptical. We had a lot of jokes around the office about the <laughs> okay. bridge and you know, whether, whether, you know, the, what the BCD actually might look mm-hmm. like with or without a bridge. And right. Then, well, I had to eat some crow with some of the reporters when they uh, showed me that the money had come in. So kudos to, kudos to everyone. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And lots of kudos to go around. It was such yeah. a team effort oh, and sure. amazing staff at the city. And I mean, and, and our community, right? Like part of it was everybody has their connections to different people in our community and being able to each of those three entities go and say to their people, right? Like we need you and we need you now. Like we need to show up because it's competitive, right? Like we, and, and, yeah. and our, and, people responded. Right. And so it was just, it was just a really fantastically exciting thing to be a part of. And is there a timeline on groundbreaking for it? You know, I think it keeps shifting a bit. I mean, I do think that it's still around 20, I think we're in design. We'll start this year, right. That'll stretch Mm -hmm. a bit. And so I think like 25, 26 is probably the soonest. Um, but you know, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, right. There's kind of like these other, things that need to be built and shored up like Franklin is it a good example right that if we're going to close that and be doing improvements like how are we going to and that's primarily where a lot of people like bike and walk through so if they're going to be using Greenwood something like that you kind of have to stack and sequence things right so that people have a way to kind of get around and so when you can get to this bigger thing right that you've got other pieces in place that folks can use and use it you know in a safe convenient way so yeah yeah, well, if you got to be pretty brave to bike and and walk through the Franklin overpass, I mean, I it's a it's a great urban induction for people who aren't used to that. The P to the P tunnel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go to the P tunnel and experience the yeah. urban lifestyle, Ben's urban lifestyle. So, well, I think it'll be you know I think for the Ben Central District, it's been such a it's been such a fantastic story. Like I love the story of the place, and mm-hmm. it's also like. Things are going to start looking and feeling and functioning very differently down there really soon. And so I think that's really exciting for folks, right? In 24, right? That, you know, 23, we got how many days left? Four days yeah, left. Right. You know, in 24, that is going to, we are going to start to see um, see some things change and, and be different down there. And so I think that's just going to be really exciting for the community. Maybe some grumbling, you know, while, while Franklin isn't, <laughs> you know, but I think the long run, right? Like it's going to be something that our community is going to be pretty stoked on. I just got to believe that there isn't going to be too much grumbling because everybody is so on board with like, I mean, as long as I've lived here, the highway 97 has been, you know, it's not, not Ben's best foot forward. And it's what people it's know, know the place for, unless you get off the highway and weave over to, you know, your off your Google map to better things on the West side or East side, but down that corridor, mm-hmm. which is where most people or a lot of people come through. It's, it's not attractive. Yeah. Well, I think something else to note about what's happening, like in the BCD right now, cause there's, there's quite a lot, right? I mean, there's a couple different mixed use, um, you know, residential yeah. projects proposed at the old, the Schwab tire site, mm-hmm. right. Um, called the platform. Um, and I think that something else that just for folks to be aware of and that I think in back to kind of the question about the core area advisory board, right. And getting to chair that group. So that's just, you know, that's a group of really amazing community folks, lots of different ex, you know, hats and expertise and things of that sure. nature. And it's, we make recommendations to Borough, which is the Bend Urban Renewal Agency, which is essentially city council. 
we make recommendations to them about how to spend that TIF, right? That, that, um, investment tool I talked about. Um, and so I think one of the important things that's happening there is that those investments are going into public infrastructure, right? That lift all boats and help get private development in the ring, right? So by making some of those investments, you're actually helping catalyze more of the types of development you want to see that have to be kind of brought to bear by more of the private sector. So I think that's really important. And then because when you have urban renewal, gentrification is a thing, displacement is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. This happens. And so being really thoughtful and trying to put some pieces in place that help prevent that. And so there's a business assistance program um, that was launched last year that is really intended for existing businesses in the district you know, ha having some access to some additional capital to make storefront improvements, to make improvements to businesses, right? So that, you know, the businesses that are there now that have been, you know, those front runners for so long and have been calling the Bend Central District home for so long, <laughs> right. that they, they're able to stay and thrive as the district changes. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that's another kind of interesting and cool thing that's, that's happening there. One thing I don't know if listeners realize is that, you know, Landwatch has always, I mean, one of the, I find the more interesting and effective things about Landwatch is that you have legal as part of, of what you, you're, you're not just um, advocating, but there's teeth to it. If mm -hmm. you, if, if you're in negotiations or you're talking about this stuff and it's not complying with land use or it's not complying with plans, there are, you know, further steps that you can take to mm -hmm. make sure. And that's always been an interesting dynamic and it's got to be for you as you're coming to the table. I mean, you kind of referenced strange bedfellows, but for you, in a lot of cases, you've been on opposite sides of court cases and now you're sitting down with these people and working with them. That's different for land for, um, for your organization now. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's like, it's specific to the issue. Right. And yeah. so I think that it, it's not, it's not ever about, um, kind of like a certain stance, right? Like it's, it's always about like the issue or the thing in play. Sure. And so I think like in our, in our urban space with the cities and towns program program, I do feel like it tends to be a little more like, these are the kinds of things that we want to say yes to. These are the kinds of things we want to be proactive about. These are the kinds of things that we want to push forward. It's much more like offense, right? right. And then in rural, like our rural lands work, right? And, and in our wildlands and water work, right. It, it tends to be more defense, right? right? It tends to be, hey, like this is something that is illegal. This is something that is not, you know, in the best interest of the public good. And we do. We do have recourse and we to great effect um, really to say no and to halt those things in those places where they're not appropriate or legal. Sure. Yeah. But it's all, but you're also at the stage in the development with your cities program where you haven't had to take that position. Everything's pretty hunky dory. It's moving along a lot of grants, <laughs> 25 million falls in your lap. There's not a lot to be upset about at that point. And because you haven't had some developer come in, who's trying to cut, maybe cut against the values that are being established there. And, and, and do you see a, a place where you might play some role like that in the future where, you know, some out of state developer has an idea about what they want to develop in there and it doesn't conform with the vision? Yeah, well, I mean, it's land watch, right? We're watching. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I think that it, we're we're paying attention. We have our finger on the pulse. We are proactive and excited and ready when we need to be. And we also have no issue with being in that def more defensive space and having to say no, stop. And I think um, for the cities and towns program, it's been around, you know, I've been here for two years, but, you know, Mo, we ran that program for a long time. We talked about the BCD initiative, but I mean, there have been cases, you know, where 
you know, there was different councils, right? Mm-hmm. Different visions, sure. right? And so there have been times in the past when, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of, you know, pushback and organized community advocacy to say no to certain kinds of projects and certain kinds of things mm-hmm. that aren't in the best interest or in the vision for how Ben can and should be growing. So I think that precedent has definitely been set. And you're right, right now, you know, we we are sort of in a, a sweet spot where, you know, Complete Communities is very much the shared vision, not only of, you know, our elected officials, but also like our greater community. And so mm-hmm. that makes it, you know, a, just a really fantastic place to be to like, like get, get shit done. Right. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say no, that. If I, you <laughs> can. Okay. We're get stuff done. Yeah. Shit possible <laughs> podcast. That's okay. fine. The, um, yeah. Well, we're almost running out of time. Okay. Uh, what when you look out for your position right now? Mm-hmm. Let's go five years out, mm-hmm. even beyond the the pedestrian bridge. Like, what gets you excited? What are what are things that that you want to see or work on, or areas where you're like, gosh, that's a that's a cool little proposal that I could be of help with. Yeah, well, there. I mean, there's so many things. It's so like I wish we had you know, wish we had more time like to to cover things. I mean, I think. Some things that I find particularly exciting. So, you know, 2025 is not that far away. Sounds like it's kind of far away, but it's not. Um, That's probably going to be for our state legislature. It's going to be a huge kind of transportation focused year. Mm -hmm. And so taking this next year as a community to really figure out, like, what are the projects that are really important to Mm -hmm. us that we want to see built? And I think with a big focus on biking, walking, rolling, right? What else do we need here to build out an east-west spine and a northwest spine for Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? And really start, we have a year, right, to kind of lay the groundwork and figure out what do we want that package to look like? So that's something I'm really excited to kind of dive deeper with this community on and um, and get us ready for 25, right? Because yeah. I think we've found, like, we've got a good formula if we can find alignment to really go in and make a strong case for getting those dollars, like those state dollars, to our community. So, and leveraging our local funds, which I think is really important. So that's exciting. I mean, I'm always excited about the Bend Central District. I think, you know, these projects breaking ground is going to be yeah, tremendous. You know, you're going to have different, you know, businesses coming online. And so being able to tell the story and partner with those folks and elevate them and make sure that they feel supported in the community. Right. Because this is going to be, you know, a time of transition and change for that district. So I think that's really exciting. And then, you know, we haven't talked a lot about it yet on this podcast, but housing is such a huge issue. Right. Climate change is such a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about like housing solutions as climate solutions Mm -hmm. and really starting to kind of like lean in and think about how do we help move housing forward, right? And and housing need is such a spectrum, right? It's everything from our unhoused neighbors all the way to 120% of area median income. And so where on that spectrum can Landwatch play to good effect? And so something that we've really keyed in on that we've realized in lots of stakeholder interviews and work um, is that it's infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. Really trying to figure out yeah. like what, how can we start to get more money for infrastructure? That stuff that gets the you know, get sites shovel ready, development ready. So the kinds of developments we want to see yeah. in the BCD, for example, right. really, really start to take uh, take root and, and take off. And so I think that, again, finding places to kind of lean in and figure out how are we going to get that kind of funding that lifts all boats and really helps us build housing across that spectrum. That's something that I'm also really interested and excited about, because I think that means nurses can be here. Our teachers can be here. Our Mm -hmm. service industry folk can be, you know, it's such a, such a bedrock part of like great community. So to be able to kind of find a role in that and find a way to help in that bigger solving and that bigger issue, I think is just something that I think is um, tremendously exciting and, and frankly, like hopeful. Great. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. We are 
you know, you might be listening at the time, but we're just after Christmas and Corey worked us into her schedule. So we appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, been a delight. Thank it's you. exciting times. It really is. Yeah. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com. <laughs>